Adversity, bring it. The struggle, we welcome it. Snooze on life, never that. We are Dave Regina and Mike Perella, and this is the No Snooze Podcast. Come on. Welcome back, No Snooze Podcast, episode 142. As always, I'm in the booth with the big three. Michael, the show Pirelli, Claudio, the voice, Valenzuela, and I am Dave, the body, Regina. I have a request. Talk for me. You know how you get the dimes for yes. your dime of the week? Yeah, yeah. I would like popcorn when you do my intro. <laughs> Just popping. Popcorn, the show. Wait, before we get started on the a very show. serious note, oh, yeah, yeah. on a serious note, Michael, the show Pirelli, big news. We have been a part of the journey of his build-out of uh, Mike Pirelli Greenwich Real Estate, and he had his first official closing. Yes. Which, you know what? Harder. I, I And I don't mean to say that I'm proud of you in a way that makes it seem like... You could say it like that. No, but ne- some people take that bad. Like, oh, well, why would you be proud? I don't know. I just... I, think I like it. I give think it's accolades. an incredible thing. I think we don't give people their flowers... Uh, often enough, mm-hmm. and it is very inspiring to watch. Yeah, um, I know it's not easy, but I just want to say congratulations, my brother. Thank you. It was a it was the hardest sale I've ever done. Not the sale, but getting to the point of the sale, having the second kid, starting it all, going from basically October until March without a real closing, which was like it was tough. Do you feel this is now a uh, momentum shift for you? Yeah, I for me. There's a lot of times where I set kind of um, milestones that are like, all right, I just need to get to this point and then I can breathe a little bit. And that was one of them was like, get your get on the board, make mm-hmm. your first point, break the ice. And I have stuff in contract and other things that should close in the next couple of weeks. But that first one, like anything, like your first point in like a mm-hmm. basketball game or breaking the ice is always the hardest part. How did you looking back ice. now over a four month process? Because <sighs> technically, I mean, you're. You're very um, unique. It, well, just real estate and commission in general is, is unique because if you're not closing, you could even set a closing date and that could be two months out. Yeah. But during a time period that you did renovations, you got two kids, you know, you have have a beautiful wife and everything is kind of in order, but the finances aren't exactly coming in. Yeah. How did you stay, uh, I guess, mentally tough enough to withstand a four month period like that? So. It wasn't easy, but we, this is, it's cycles, right? And now I've been in the business 10 years, so I anticipated it, but even anticipating it, it's still way more than what I remembered because of daycare, because of new things that are added. So you kind of reset the standard of how much, you know, cushion you need. Yep. And I've done certain things where I at least have the cushion to be able to not sell anything for a long time. Mentally, that's tough because you know they're around the corner and you have stuff in contract and it will close. Yep. But there is always that you never want to bank on that. And there is always the chance those deals fall through. Right. So until you get that check in your bank account, it's a lot of like holding your breath. Um, but for Dane and I, I mean, I got loosey goosey for a long time because I was doing very well. The market was ripping. Um, I didn't really have to get tight on the finances. Now that I'm on my own, um, I'm handling everything, all the expenses, all the licensing. I've had to really kind of be humble and go back to the roots of like, you know, I'm not buying nice T-bone steaks every week. You know, I'm eating ground meat, um, chicken, chicken and potatoes. Yeah, chicken, potatoes, rice. Like, <laughs> it's it's been good because I, not that I ever got like, what's a good word? 
like cocky. I never was cocky. I just didn't have to worry about that right. because there was other things I was focusing on. That makes sense. So now that I'm refocusing there, it's made me a lot more conscious of how I next time around, next winter, to relieve a little stress, hopefully I won't be starting another company. It'll just be what I have. And I'll have a little more of a war chest so I can relax a little more because this holiday season, although it was phenomenal, it was probably the most stressful of my life. Mm. To, to date. Right, right, right. You know? Wow. So no, it's uh, it's um, fun to watch, man. I know it's it's not not easy. The other mention I want to make, the other hard part about it is I'm very public. So like, yes, to an extent, I don't really care what people think, but the I feel the eyes of people watching what I do what I do. And but is that a you thing though? What? Because I feel like sometimes I do that too. What? Is that, like you said you feel the eyes. So feel the eyes in a sense of like maybe not feel the eyes, but like I hear the voices because when I see people, it's unavoidable. How's everything going? How's a new company? What's going on? Like, I haven't seen you post in a while. Like, everything all right? How are the kids? How... So being so public, you, when you're taking a little break or, like, have a rough week, like, I didn't post on No Snooze, I don't think, in, like, four days, which is, like, very uncommon. But people are asking, like, are you okay? Like, is everything all right? <laughs> and it, I'm all right. It's just I there's certain things I can't get done now that I used to be able to just knock out right, right. because I had the time. Mm -hmm. So. The, the effect of that and being very public on, like, what I'm building and how I'm going about building it, it gives people – no one's been critical, but there's just a little more questioning and, yeah. you know, people reminding you things. Like, mm -hmm. hey, well, you haven't posted in a while. What's going on? I understand. You know, or what, yep. have you sold anything? I haven't seen you post about anything. Oh, I would be like – And they're oh. not – I would no, tag them and the sale. <laughs> but there's no malicious intent? Eh, sometimes. No, there isn't. There isn't. It's like – at least I don't think. So and then now with the not another real estate show, which is very public, there's going to be I'm not like releasing how much we make and all that stuff, but I'm listing prices. You know, yep. we have this in contract at this price. We have this. So the thought that is unavoidable is like, all right, what if we don't do anything? What am I just going to say? Hey, we don't have any new contracts this month. Yeah, yeah, I have to. This could be, you know, mm -hmm. so it, it's this weird like while starting a company, which is hard enough, being very public about it. Which I want to I want to do, and I think it's I think it's beneficial, but it adds even more pressure, mm. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, no, man, good stuff. There was a um, and thank you. I appreciate the kind yes. words, and it's yes. it's nice to be prouded by someone. So prouded. don't ever hesitate. <laughs> prouded. That might be the word of the uh, the epi. <laughs> I, I actually don't take any offense when when anyone says stuff like that because I I feel as though I it's not that I've been slighted like in the, the local community. But there's the amount of things I've done, and I don't get invites to, like, anything. You know, like the mm -hmm. Greenwich Wine and Food Festival, like, not even invites. So not to say that I want one, but it's interesting that the amount of stuff that I do in the community for right. food, yep. Yep. and yep. people, like, don't even acknowledge it, which yes. is fine. I don't need it, but it's nice to hear it. Yeah, and I listen, man, I, I genuinely genuinely mean it you know yeah. i've watched everything from from the ground up and i know the good days i know the bad days um and i feel like just even as boys you know sometimes we don't we don't talk enough um in our circles about the good things that people are doing you know? and i want to thank you guys because obviously i've taken a lot of stuff from no snooze as far as mindset mental capacity strategies management um just getting into a routine i mean it's not reflected recently but over the past <laughs> You know, however long we've done this, three years yep. has definitely been a big part of it. Yeah, no, you know? beautiful, and I love when it uh, when it all ties in. I like to um, sometimes give a um, a recommendation on a podcast that I listen to. Okay, and I think this one is going to be interesting, even for for us in general. And this was a uh, Ed Milet surprise. 
uh, but it was called The Secret to a Happy Life with Dr. Robert Waldinger. And <laughs> Waldinger, good name. <laughs> knows. Uh, that's a top tier name. I thought, uh, is that his real name or Waldinger. Just funny? No, 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 Dr. Waldinger. All right. So anyway, this study, though, is the longest study that's ever been recorded on individuals, specifically, um, I guess they were about 20 when they started, all the way through they followed them their entire life. Uh, JFK was actually one of the participants in the study. There was over 800 people before he was ever president, though. How cool is that? That's cool, but didn't end great. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but so the the whole episode is about how you find fulfillment and happiness in general. And obviously, you can think of the things. If, so if I were to ask you, you know, what makes you happy? You might think about the general things like, you know, family time, um, you know, uh, success at a job, passion, maybe some money, um, health, right? Those are all things that I, I would assume have, have uh, will bring somebody happiness. But the one thing that was scientifically proven throughout this entire study was actually, drum roll please, can you guess? Cookies. <laughs> Oreos, right? The one thing that stood out here was that the individual's relationships throughout their entire life, so personal, professional was the top thing that was the separator of individual happiness makes that sense. was shocking to me oh really it was shocking yeah because i would think that but you're very social you must have what no 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 oh, i guess because it's the top you're saying no I'm, yes exactly so like i pride myself in relationships right the, the yeah. individuals that i'm close to you know personally professionally i really you know take take time i guess to invest in these relationships and you're um, way more thoughtful than the majority of at least people i know and well now for sure myself like i'm very bad at keeping in touch with people which well, you would think in the industry i'm in i'd be better but it's hard but i'm not it's hard yeah but i wouldn't have thought that that would be the top thing that basically was the scale of fulfillment and happiness so it just goes to show that your relationships in your life um you know, whether it's with a spouse or it's a boyfriend, girlfriend, mom, dad, coworker, uh, relationships in total, though, they mean much more than we actually think. And it's a very good thing. It's called uh, uh, it's a very good podcast. It's called The Secret to a Happy Life, Ed Milet. So you can check it out. I like it. No re uh, no reason to listen to it now, though. We just got the. Yeah, exactly. That's true. That was the punchline. You just <laughs> like, you know what? Friends. S speaking of happiness, I'll tell you guys this. And I don't I don't I don't know if it's just me. So I've been diving, taking a deep dive, I guess, into Narcos. <laughs> right? What a random. No, it's it's a big shift. But talk about happiness here. I've watched it for probably five nights now, and I do it before I go to bed. Yeah. I have woken up all five nights either thinking I'm being chased by the Colombian cartel. Yeah. Either fighting with somebody in my dream about the cocaine industry. <laughs> having extreme nightmares that Pablo is coming after me. And when I take my ass to sleep and listen to like a positive podcast, I don't have these issues. Yeah. So is it me or is that happen to everybody when you watch yeah, like I, negative things like this? I, yeah, I can't do it anymore. Like that show, The End of Us, whatever yeah. it was, way too stressful. I told Dana I can't do this. This is like traumatic type stuff. Okay, and it, so it happens to you. Yeah, but I, like if that happens, I'll throw on like ridiculousness and laugh. Yeah, like okay. I need a couple good laughs before I go to bed. Lately, I've been just working until going to sleep, which also is kind of nice because then your brain just shuts off. Right. Sometimes you run the risk of thinking about work. Mm-hmm. 
you know? Yeah. But yeah, you can't I can't okay. watch anything intense before bed. Good. All right. I thought it was I thought it was just me. C V, what about you? Can you watch anything like that or no? No. CV's right, like, so. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Well, some people I know, man, they watch, you know. Well, you you watch, watch wild things. dark stuff. I could watch videos and stuff of you Yeah, know, it's dark. Uh, yeah, of dark I can, things. And like you that. make me watch them. But I don't like, watch I them before watch. I go to bed. <laughs> I know, but at any time in life, those <laughs> Pablo are Pablo was after me, man. I'm telling you. I don't think not... we started Narcos. I, I love a good, like, crime, you know, mob-type story yeah. bit because it's kind of intertwined with business, drama. It's kind of got it all. Um, I've become less interested in shows because too much of a time investment. Yes, you think man. that movies would be, but I like it. You're in and out. We've talked about this. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a big movie guy, but... And know, if there's like seven on. of them, I'm like, I'm not even going to start it. Because I, I will get locked in, love it, and be like, I need to watch all of them. Then I'm like, what? what's the point? It's yeah. the same story over and over and over, mm-hmm. you know? I'm trying to get into a little more action, you know? And just a little more with my hands. I'm a big uh, big rom-com guy. I can see that. Titanic I, solid. Sucks. That <laughs> no, uh, I, how's your body? Man? Whatever Talk gets to me kicks. about your body. What happened? Oh my god. Yeah. Well, <laughs> let's just say I've I've discovered I've reinvigorated my love for beef patties. <laughs> Jamaican beef patties. Uh, I used to visit Phil Cat, and that was like our thing. We'd go out, and then we'd land at the bodega around the corner or whatever, and I'd just be like hammering beef patties. He's a big beef patty. Do you guy. like beef patties? You know what I was thinking? I'm like, is there a healthy beef patty you can make? Because it's literally just dough and then filling. Probably, right? And it's, it comes down to ratios, right? Can you air like, fry them? Yeah, you can air fry them. But I'm saying the ones you get from the store are probably about 300 calories and about 20 grams of protein. But that's not too far off from being a decent you know, macro. So if you can, you can get the right dough of some sort or like a, a compliment or maybe you just make the filling and mm-hmm. put it on like a, a nice locale tortilla or something. I um, it's not too far off from what I've enjoyed, so I'm trying to maybe work that into the uh into the the uh, the healthy part of the diet. Um, disclosure: when I'm eating these beef patties, it's like I haven't eaten all day. I threw out my back. There's a whole other story to that. So, was on a roll. Kids were sleeping. Working out was great. I was crushing it. Um, not saying that I'm completely off the rails, but I had a, a rough weekend, four or five days. I threw out my back on Saturday morning, right before Dana came back home with Livy, who went to the doctor and had pink eye, strep throat, and an ear infection. The big three. The big three. So we had to cancel because you're they're contagious in the beginning. So we had to cancel all of our, uh, you know, the, the birthday party. We we're going to go to St. Rock's or um, St. Patrick's Day. And uh, so that just shut down. Then we were just in the house all day with the kids. Mm. Um, I didn't want to tweak the back worse. Wanted to stay in the game. Not much has changed, you know. I, I haven't gotten the momentum to start to the upswing of a nice cut for the the summer. But when when do do you usually start? I know you don't need to cut, but like when do you tighten up for the summer? Tell the people what like is the right timing. You think? Um, I'd say April. So April? right right around right around now. So about a couple weeks. You know, right right around now by April fifteenth. Um, you just want to. I I, I like to do it. I don't like to do the extreme thing. It's yeah. just not me because it's not sustainable for me. Yep. Um, I know somebody who likes the extreme. Not anymore. You know? I'm out of that game. <laughs> You're out of that game. But um, yeah, I like to, you know, I, I would say the the most I ever go with my body fat, probably what, 11 and a half-ish, somewhere around there? I don't know. Don't ask me. <laughs> but uh, if I'm going to cut, I'd like to, you know, go 1% a month, right? So if I could drop down to like nine and a half over a two-month period, be at eight and a half maybe in the summertime, um, I'd like to do it gradually. Yeah. You know? I, I feel like, 
it's so much easier to get in good shape in the summer. More, uh, it, a lot more motivation, right? Motivation. It's nicer external, out. External. Stuff. There's a little external. It's yeah. brighter out. We're not as white. Yeah, your shirt's off more. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would hope. I live on a lake, so I'm yeah. Outside. You're always you just live in the lake. They, you're the lake <laughs> Literally. monster. I think to this this year will be the first year that I actually take a vacation and just stay at my. Didn't you do that last house, year? Just in a tent on the lake. A tent. Yeah, I might as well. I'm serious. I might as well glamp? just do that. I'm doing glamping. Yeah, yeah. As long as there's a bathroom, just a I big extension cord and running. <laughs> yes. See if you could do real camping. I can't do that stuff, man. Yeah, I, I'm getting handy though, so. It's possible. You could build one? No, but we can build one. <laughs> build a tent? Build a bathroom in my tent. No, I can't build no. one. I just dig a hole. There you go. Done. <laughs> just go in the lake. Fuck it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I tried to fix the dent. And remember, did I talk about how I got hit by someone in the yes. parking lot? Yeah. So I tried to fix the dent with a dent kit that I got for the fridge for the tenant's house. Like a suction thing? Yeah, it's like um, hot glue. You put this tab on it, and then this thing hooks, and you crank it, and it pulls it out. So I was like, I think they said you could do this for cars. Keep in mind, this is for like little dents on a fridge or a car. This dent is probably this big in the fender. So it's like you really need more equipment. So I was real stubborn. I started to get it a little bit. I pulled some parts of it out, but then the hot glue stuck and I couldn't get the hot glue off. So I've been driving around with this hot glue on my car for like black hot glue too. Oh, wow. So it looks like someone might have dented it with like the other car. But then when you get close, you're like, what the, what is this? It put looks it, like, a, sign on it. like an alien tried to grab it. <laughs> So yesterday I got a 97% alcohol from your local CVS for about two bucks. And apparently if you spray and then like rub it off, it starts to uh, come off. So oh, that's good hack. we're back to square one. Okay. And I just bought another tool on Amazon that's a curved crowbar that I'm going to try to take at it at this, at this dent. And uh, my message for people here is you can be successful in getting handy and fixing this, but you, are you stubborn enough? That's the real question. Stubborn enough to stay in the game? Yeah. Because most people already would have went to the dealer and been like, fix oh, my car. There, the next day. But I'm so invested in this thing now where I'm like, I don't care if it takes me five years. This den's coming out. <laughs> and I'm doing it. And I'll probably, once the den comes out, I'll probably just bring it to get it fixed. But just to show that I can pop the dent out, which is ridiculous. Yeah. But it's, uh, you got to build the wins, the small wins. Yeah, that's true. Um. All right, let's get into uh, today's topic. But before we do that, CV, let them know where you get this protein at. We wanted to take a quick second to let you guys know that we partnered with our good friends over at Orgain.com. We're happy to offer our listeners 30% off by entering the code NOSNOOZE30. Again, that's NOSNOOZE30 for 30% off your first order. If you're on the market for a new protein powder, nutritional shake, Protein Bar, or Mike's favorite, collagen peptides, Orgain is your one-stop shop. As all of you know, my Crohn's disease is currently in remission, and the only protein I use is from Orgain. My personal favorites are the chocolate peanut butter and the vanilla bean. With the code, you can try a two-pound tub for under $20. Talk about not snoozing. Go get yours today. Now, back to the epi. Um, all right. So today's topic, we're going to talk about how to stop negotiating with yourself. Now, a couple weeks back, we dropped an epi titled something along the lines. I don't remember exactly, but how to stop self-sabotaging right now. Somebody wrote in. So thank you very much um, and said, you know, love the topic on self-sabotage. But one of my forms of sabotage is actually I get into a negotiation with myself. My favorite right. thing to do. Yeah. So if you find yourself constantly talking 
yourself out of things, welcome to the club. Congratulations. I mean, I because I think it, right? everybody everybody does that. Um, but I think self-negotiation is definitely a self-sabotaging tactic that keeps us from evolving and changing in a positive way. Right? Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, so I think change, although it's very hard, change is very good and it can be positive. So today's conversation, we're going to go back and forth on the levels of negotiation that are kind of good and then the levels of negotiation that then when you ultimately take yourself out of things, then that's the bad thing. Um, I have an example of something that I currently negotiate on all the time. Um, And this will probably give you some context into what I'm talking about. And it really has to do with my faith. Okay, so for whatever reason, just being transparent here, I believe that I am supposed to take my ass to church and start becoming a little bit more faith involved um, and faith based. I do a lot of personal development on my own, but I've had this calling that I really should get into the church. Right. So I have that constant thought, but then I self negotiate with myself and say, well, if I actually go to church, for whatever reason, I believe that my fun is going to be taken away from me. And it's a really weird thought. For example, I like to sip a little bourbon when I smoke a cigar. I like to have a little whiskey. I have this weird thought on my, on my mind that I'm going to step into church and all the fun is basically going to stop in my life. So I constantly negotiate and talk myself out of it to say, well, you know what? I'll do it like a little bit more in the future. You drink wine in church. I don't. I don't understand that thought process. <laughs> you drink wine in church. That's true. But I, I don't know what it is. But in terms of fun, right? Because what do you think you're gonna feel guilty about feel, drinking and smoking cigars? Not really the cigar smoking. Not really the drinking on a casual level. But for whatever reason, I associate. I'm an all in type of guy, right? So we speak about alignment here on the podcast a lot. Like, you know, does going out to Mohegan Sun and gambling once in a while then ending up in the club really aligned with then waking up and going to church. Why not? If you're a good person while you're doing it. I need to tell I know, but I need to There's, it, I need to tell myself that. Well, but I'm just telling you what I negotiate yeah. and that's the picture that I create in my own mind. Because it's not reality. It's Did, not. I think that's Mohegan Sun's tagline, like where Christians come or something. <laughs> like where, Christians where come Christians to get let loose. Come. Where to get closer to Jesus. <laughs> right, right. Um, but but my, I have a simple, simplistic, and it's probably wrong, but my view is like, if you do believe in that, mm-hmm. then ultimately the real, the real personification of the belief is being a good person, no? Just in general. Yeah, and, and for whatever but, reason, but, but I going know... going to Mohegan Sun doesn't make you a bad person, you know? No, but like, does gambling kind of align with that lifestyle? Again, does the club once in a while align with that type of lifestyle i don't know and i know that it's true and it can be done yeah but for whatever reason i'm just telling you this is how i negotiate myself out yeah of just going there's a church right on the corner by my house ever since i moved there i've had this but you this listen to joel set. right i do so it's I like do. i know are you talking to joel and be like joel i went to mohegan joel's probably <laughs> at mohegan <laughs> i wish doing a performance i wish um i don't i think sometimes silly. you're too black and white with things CB says that too sometimes. My guy. He, tells me I'm a, he tells me I'm a black you and white guy. You start listening to us. Type of guy. Enough of um, us listening to you. <laughs> but I think the, the ultimate goal, though, is to 
basically stop negotiating with yourself and then to build habits that become non-negotiable systems. Yeah, yeah. Right? And negotiable right, negotiable systems are much uh, non-negotiable systems are much different than habits. Um you know, because a habit can be developed over time, but a non-negotiable system is a little bit more strict, a little bit more stringent and disciplined. And I think that that way is for me yeah. the way that I need to, you know, I, I need to be. And I think for the most part, for most aspects of my life, I do this and I don't really negotiate with with myself when there's things that I need to do. Uh, but that was just an example of something, you know, that I, I constantly think about. Uh, but I want to definitely talk about how to remove the self-negotiation from the process, um, how to set boundaries and abide by those boundaries. Obviously, it's not a perfect world, so there's always going to be times of emergency. And then I think that you have to have some key rules in place. And, you know, I'll talk about some tactics that I, ha I implement in my own life um, when it comes to self-negotiation. What, what do you think so far? I'm thinking how I self-negotiate constantly. And I, in theory, do put up a lot of boundaries and rules and regulations, but a lot of the times, at least in the past three years, have had to basically back down on a lot of them because it, in reality, um, in practice, it wasn't possible. Um, and I've been a little more lenient with myself not to get discouraged because of that. Mm -hmm. For example, I would not go outside the borders of Greenwich to sell real estate something I talk about constantly, something I try to put out into the universe so that I can um, implement it. And since I've went to my new company, stuff that I can't control as far as like the market being super tight has priced out a lot of my clients so that they're looking past where typically I look with them. And in the beginning, I was like, yeah, you know, I, I can't really travel this and that. And I'd pass them along. And then I started to realize like I at this point in my career, I can't be as selective because the reality is I'm just passing all my clients away and I'm going to go out of business. So you need to open up your uh, borders again, you know, get a little humble pie and go be productive in other markets. And then when you're too busy, then it's time to recalibrate. You know, mm -hmm. I was taking already established habits into an unestablished company Ooh. and trying to match them and it just wasn't working. Mm -hmm. So that was something where... I didn't negotiate with myself for a long time, but then I really had to think it through and say, you know what, in this case, it makes sense and it's not forever. So for now, this is what we do. You're opening up your borders and, um, you know, it's been productive since I've done that. Um, I think that's a great form of negotiation, yeah. to be honest with you. But then like with the kids, right? Like I work out at 4 a.m. Mm -hmm. You know, that's my thing. I work out at 4 a.m. Reality is they don't get to bed till 11. They wake up at 2, yep. 3. At a certain point, it's unproductive. Yep. And it's like, yeah, I can get up at four, but I'm a zombie. The workout sucks. Mm -hmm. I'm miserable the rest of the day. You know, I put an extra strain on Dana because then I'm not jumping in to help. Yep. So, like, it was, it's been frustrating because I had a beautiful routine. I had a productivity going. And then the, the life circumstance basically blew it out of the water. Mm. So now it's not so much a renegotiation renego of systems. It's more of a... Uh, a reestablishment, a renegotiation of like, all right, well, if I can't do all of this, I need 10,000 steps. If I can't do all of this, I could still eat healthy. Mm -hmm. If I can't do all, if I can't work out, I could still be on my diet. So it's a new, um, simpler yep. 
to then build new a simpler foundation with the new lifestyle to build off of. Yeah, I, I love that. And I've said it week after week. At some point, this is going to get easier as far as a routine. Mm-hmm. I don't think the, there's ever going to be a, like an easy, like a steady routine. But they're gonna. The kids are hopefully gonna sleep a little longer. Hopefully, yeah, they will. You know, maybe five mm. years. Absolutely. So, um, no. So you you jumped a little ahead, which is fine. You know, I, I I like that because I I think that those are all forms of positive. Good, yes, good negotiation tactics. Negative, I would say sometimes I'm like, oh, I haven't slept. Um, you know, I'm not working today. Um, I'm just gonna get. I'm gonna. I'm gonna get just a little taste of a beef patty. There you go. You know, right? I, so I, the three that that I kind of came up with, um, and this happens a lot. That donut looks great. I'm gonna eat it and then work out for 30 more minutes. Ooh, 30 minutes. Right? I, I had an extra. That, but that's steps. a bad, a bad form of negotiation. I go, that donut looks good. I'm just gonna walk while I eat it. <laughs> um, this one, this one happens happens to me too. Um, I really should read right now, but instead, I'm gonna throw on a uh, episode of Narcos because I I worked hard today, right? And then the third one, I wanted to call my mom to do a weekly check in. But I really don't have much to say. I'm in a pretty bad mood, so I'm not going to do it. That's right? a good one. So my negotiation has been uh, pushing things to the next day, okay, which I've gotten much better at. Mm-hmm. But there's certain times where I'm like, oh, I'm tired. I don't really want to make the call. I'll call them in the morning. Yep. And then the next day, it gets harder to make that call right? because you should have called yesterday. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it gets pushed the next day. Yes. That's the biggest negotiation for me lately. So when it comes to the negative negotiations with yourself, there's something in all of those examples um, that show that it's negative. And the reason is that they allow room for an excuse to be used as the negotiation. Right now, I think there's a difference between an excuse and a reason. Okay. Right. An excuse to me would be more of a mental barrier that we place blame on for not completing the things that we set out to do. The mental barrier, right? Yeah. Whereas a reason is a physical prevention of an outside circumstance that then doesn't allow you to move forward, yeah. right? So a big difference, excuse is mental, and then a reason is like a physical prevention. I think that reasons are actually acceptable for not doing something because that's not related to the mental willpower. Whereas I believe excuses are strictly mental willpower. Could you argue though, you could find a reason to do something if there's a reason you can't do it? You can, but now you're now you're finding reasons, right? Like a reason in general is a physical prevention. You're driving to work, right? Now there's physically traffic in place. So that prevents you from getting to where you want to go. An excuse would be like, well, it's 845. I'm running a little late anyway. I might as well just miss the meeting. Mm. Right. So there's definitely a difference there. I think excuses are emotionally driven. And if you are somebody that makes excuses, the, um, you know, the, the typical I'll do it later. If you tell yourself, oh, I'll do it in five more minutes. Let me just watch one more show. There's terminology, I think, in our head that we use that you can really see. Are you somebody who makes excuses for yourself or when you can't get something accomplished, is it a, a legitimate reason? And that's a that's a big uh, a big separator. And I don't think we've ever really discussed the, the difference between the two. But it's a, it's a good uh, good thing to think about. Um, and what, what was uh, another one? Oh, if I do this now, this is a good negotiation. I do this, too. If I do this now, then I'll do that later. Right. Like. If if I if I um, 
eat this if I eat this healthy meal now, I'll have a salad right? Later. I'll go have the ice cream later. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Damn right, nice. right. Very, very uh, it's relatable. For I, sure. But I do like the thought of at least not justifying, but giving yourself a rule, you know, like mm -hmm. if I have this whatever cookie that I need to make sure that I crush my workout about, like, yep. sometimes I think it helps. Absolutely. Obviously, if you do it too much, it's counterproductive. Mm -hmm. Um, let's know? talk about systems though, right? Systems are basically processes that allow us to achieve a maximum result mm -hmm. versus a habit. You can have a positive habit, but when it's a system, again, it's much more, um, it's much more strict. It's, it's a little bit more, um, what's a good word, uh, a discipline. And it proves for me to actually work best. Right. When I focus on systems now, there's ways to add new systems. And we've definitely discussed this before. Um, and it's called coupling. Right. So there was a book I read back in the day and it was called before better than before, better than before. I don't know why I didn't write that down. Um, and they call this tactic piggybacking your habit. Right. So I've actually done this multiple times when uh, for the for water. I remember piggybacking my habit when I brushed my teeth, right? So I would brush my teeth, and instead of just putting my toothbrush back, I would actually drink my water right before I brushed my teeth, okay. right? So I'm drinking my water, and then I'm brushing my teeth. So that's, that's just an example of piggybacking and coupling. Before you know it, you do that days in a row, you become, it becomes an attachment to basically, well, I don't do one or I feel funny doing one without the other, right? So it's a very effective strategy. I do it actually in the gym too. I, I wanted to do more jump rope, mm -hmm. right? So I just said, you know what? I'm going to couple it with already working out. So instead of me sitting there and just walking around and pacing, I'm going to either do push-ups or jump rope in between. Um, I've noticed that another great time to start to transition new systems is actually with extreme change. And this is different because when you're already in a new in a, in a place of some change, so whether you got a new job, whether you have to work a new shift, whether you have kids, um, whether something happens in your life, it's actually a good time to add to your routine because you're already thrown off of your old habits. Does that make sense? Kind of. No? I don't know if I agree. Why not? Because when you're kind of in that survival mode, mm -hmm. it's hard to implement anything new, at least for me. Okay. Well, I'll give you an example. So with my mom's journey, that was an extreme change in life, right? So it forced my brother's sister and I to be extremely grateful for family time. So what we've done is we have come together to say, listen, this was a really big change in our lives. We want to spend more time together. You know what? Once a month, once every three weeks, we're going to have Sunday dinner together. So because there was change in our life, we yeah. added a new Gave system. An opportunity to it gives you an opportunity to do new things, right? Yeah. So if you if you switch jobs, couple it with a new system of, you know, yeah, if you want to get fit. Okay, before you go to that new job, you have to work out, yeah. right? Something something yeah. along those lines. Yeah. So that's kind of an example of what I was talking about. I find, at least for me, the um, on that topic, like if you go on Instagram and you try to change your name, if it's too far from your current name, they won't let you do it. Mm -hmm. So it, it makes me kind of think about habits like, you know, I have an air fryer, right? If I want to change how I cook something, it's almost better to say, well, I'm going to go from air fryer to a different style of air fryer. 
but keep the general mm-hmm. gist of it, right? Instead of two bays, I have one bay now, which I think is more efficient. Very good. So like your your changes aren't like so drastic, too, too drastic where you throw right. everything off. Yep. You know, you still know that you cook it for 22 minutes, the chicken thighs, uh, you know, at 390. Mm-hmm. You flip them half. A, the, a lot of the things that are learned and already established run with the new addition or the change right. or the adjustment. Right. This isn't a simple example, but like, for example, I used to um, meal prep. I used to do my uh, rice and I'd portion out ahead of time. Mm-hmm. What I found, which was a lot more easy, is just to have big tub of rice, big thing of chicken. You just measure it out as you go. It's as it's go. the same. I mean, it's quick. It's literally and it actually like, is space saver. Yeah, space For saver. Sure. It's less dishes. It's mm-hmm. easy. You just throw it in. You can look until I have a certain amount of rice. You can mix and match proteins with you know carbs. Um, the fry cutter. A originally, lot, I was cutting a lot the fries. Less dishes too. Yeah, originally I was cutting <laughs> the fries by hand. Now I have just the thing. I pop out the fry cutter. I added a thinner fry attachment. So like it's for me. I found that not going too crazy mm-hmm. out of what you're already doing has been productive and um just keeping it simple every time i overcomplicate it i i find myself not um executing and then when i come back to like well i'll just have chicken with hot sauce and you know rice on the side and maybe i'll throw in some like lettuce mm-hmm. like when you just keep it like that it's so much easier versus i'm going to try a new recipe tonight and then you get you go off the rails because you got these new ingredients yep. and Oh, that looks good. I I wonder what that's like on a sandwich, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, even in business, you know, I, it's boring. I, I've, though. I've done this too. Yeah, but I mean, when when um, just want to give another example of the change, right? When change happens in your life, when I first, you know, was appointed deputy, I knew that I needed to do something to develop my own leadership skills. So I coupled the new job with a new system of the one on ones that I speak about, right? Um, and I said, well, you know what? I'm already taking this new role and I want to get better in leadership. So me meeting with each staff member on my entire team once a month for 30 minutes is a great way to piggyback on top of what I'm, you know, what, what I kind of already want. When Callie was born, I actually recommitted to reading every single day. Cause there was times that I would go like, you know, a week and maybe I'm not picking up the book, but when she was born, that was a big change in our lives. Right. And I said, you know what? The best way to lead is actually by example. So not only am I going to read her books, but she's also going to see me read in the morning as well. Yeah. Right. So there were there were things that I was thinking about that definitely work in terms of change. But to your point, it doesn't have to be extreme change. Right. If something is already transforming in your life, find a little thing and a little system that you can kind of add to it to make it a better experience for yourself. And you really don't. It's like with weight loss or just like you know, when you do any type of job that's delayed gratification, you don't really see the results. And then one day you're like, holy, I came a long way. When you look Mm -hmm. back, we've talked about the diet on the show at nausea. And obviously I've had a lot of help to get here, but just even the fact that now I go into a grocery store and I buy a thing of chicken thighs, ground meat. I have a huge bag of rice and potatoes versus I used to buy whatever Mm -hmm. I used to get all the, the the chips and the pretzels and all this and that. And I was just tempting myself to cheat on the diet while I was at the house. But even looking back, I'm like, wow, I'm eating all whole foods. And now the protein shakes are a complement to the food. So mm-hmm. the, the, the coupling aspect, I think, is really interesting, too, because what I have been doing lately is the everything is all intertwined. So when I make my lunch, and it's very quick because I'm reheating chicken for five minutes, mm-hmm. and I microwave rice for like six, nine seconds. 
So maybe it's five minutes. 69 seconds? 69 seconds. Where did that come from? Just a habit. I don't know. (laughs) 70 was too much. Wow. 60 was too short. So I was like, you know what? You put it in the microwave for 69 seconds? Isn't that funny? Or do you put like a minute nine? 69 seconds. I hit 69. Really? Yeah, I don't know. Does that work? It does. What? Anyway. Really? I got to test that. Wrong part of the topic. (laughs) Sorry, I got hooked on that. I just said randomly, but that's what I did. But okay. Um, Obviously, you do it because that was very I literally have it to the point where I have the chicken in like one of those tall um, restaurant containers. Okay. I cube it up. I either put hot sauce or teriyaki. I throw in the air fryer for five minutes. Because I mixed it in that bowl, then I put the rice on top of that. It's a sugar-free sauce, either hot sauce or sugar-free teriyaki. I put the rice on top of that so it gets a little sauce on the bottom okay. and gets a nice little caramelization. Sauce boss, if you will. 69 seconds, pull it out, tongs <laughs> it in, and then maybe a little more sauce on top. And then I'll get my phone and I'll put on something entertaining while I eat. So it gives me like a break in the action, a mental break. Mm-hmm. And then when I'm done eating that, I just get back to it. Mm. So it's a quicker, um, you know, maybe 10 minute lunch. Versus I used to just skip lunch, work straight through. Yep. I would get like antsy anxiety because I hadn't eaten all day. Um, and I thought that was the best. But now I have this kind of routine where I work from home now full time. Mm-hmm. So if I'm not, if I'm out showing and whatnot, I obviously push it back or do it before. Yep. But it's not, it's one less thing to worry about. I like that. Besides the 69 seconds, I still got to test that. pretty weird. Yeah. I got I I to test that theory. Um, I think uh, the just the concept of, negotiating with yourself has a lot to do with accountability as well. Um, I think people struggle when their behavior, and this is me too, for sure, on things that I don't accomplish, when your behavior doesn't necessarily align with the goal of what you want, right? Like the action in itself is not in the thinking. So just because you think a certain way doesn't mean you are. Right. So if you want to be a writer, you have to write. If you want to be a yoga instructor, you have to practice yoga. You have to yoga. And (laughs) you want to be a yogi, you have to do yoga. Uh, But a lot of us in life, we want certain things in our heads, but we really don't implement the action behind it. Do you think you have a bottle? So a bottleneck for me Mm -hmm. on getting a bunch of stuff done and not negotiating myself later at night is my lack of um, stamina is being tired, right? Well, that that could be a legitimate one. So it's either I drink a coffee at 8.30 at night, which I've done a bunch, um, and I get that extra burst, but then it Fs up my sleep, Mm -hmm. and then I can't wake up to work out a lot of the time because I get to bed at midnight, 1 a.m., whatever it is, 12.30. So I'm at this weird place where I'm exhausted, and I'm like, I could finish this tonight, but I'm Mm -hmm. so I'm so tired. And then I'll kind of pack it in. So for me, it's been like stamina of mental focus. Okay. You know, the later it gets at night after putting the kids to bed, after doing all this stuff, after all day of talking to people on the phone, showing properties, social media, all of it. Like when nine o'clock runs around, I go back up to the office to kind of finish my nighttime stuff. There's that 10 to 1030 where I can really knock out a bunch of stuff for the following day. Where sometimes I'll just put you know put down the computer and walk away because mm-hmm. I'm just not there. So for me, it's been like that mental strength of being focused even when you're tired. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Like for a fighter, it's the championship rounds for me right now where mm-hmm. I'm gassing out and I'm getting knocked out by my bad habits. Right. But is there a way that you can prioritize the tasks and maybe the time where you're doing tasks and you're tired? Like 
maybe you can't stay up for two hours, but if you say to yourself, well, you know what? I could do two tasks and I'm only, ha I only have to be up for 40 extra minutes. Yeah. Maybe that's a way that you can stop negotiating. Yeah. You know? Kind of like giving my mindless stuff for the end of the night where it's just like, exactly. I just and do switch, it. I was just going to say switching the order or the priority level of what yeah, needs I mean, to be the, done. The, all day is the priority is like the, the eating the frog, like the hardest stuff, yep. the more mentally taxing mm -hmm. is early in the day. But the reality is I don't have a lot of time to just sit down and work on pricing reports and all that stuff. Right, right, right. So that naturally ends at, comes at the end of the day. Yep. Because I can do it during the middle of the day, but it's very hard because I'm out showing properties. There's a lot of, um, you know, urgency during mm -hmm. the day versus I used to knock them out early in the morning. So not having that four to nine, you know, sometimes I would just skip working out and do all my pricing reports right in the morning. Right, right, right. So. Um, yeah, I'm still so, figuring it out. No, but do, course, my, my, I guess my real question is, do you have any like bottleneck of like, uh, if I could figure this out, it'll exponentially increase kind of my efficiency or output or. Um, I think for me, it was the, the financial one. Like I was bottleneck for sure, because, you know, I've been very open about, you know, putting myself in a position to be able to make the next significant investment in my life. Um, I wanted that. But I was bottlenecking myself mentally because I'm like, well, you work really hard. Um, you know, you deserve to spend money on the things that you want to spend money on. The interest rates are really high. Whereas I kind of shifted that and I said, you know what? I need to stop negotiating and at least find a way to put myself in the position to do it. Right. So now that I've been able to do that and have the the financial backing available doesn't mean that I have to do it right away. But I shifted my thinking from like, you know, all the negative thoughts to say, okay, well, now that you found a way, now maybe you can, you know, go have some fun. Which I think is a good way you to know? look at it. I think to bring it full circle, I think it's healthy to identify what makes you happiest mm. and focus your money and efforts in those areas. Mm -hmm. So I found that like by just getting random groceries doesn't make me very happy. But a night out at a nice restaurant does. Oh, yeah. So it's oh, yeah. like if I'm going to splurge at any point, it's going to be for stuff that I actually enjoy mm -hmm. versus kind of mediocre stuff that's mindless. Right. Right. That's like the like calorie that. talk we talked mm -hmm. about. Um, I actually asked the individual that uh, that wrote in, I said, can you give me an example of how you personally negotiate with myself well, with yourself? And the individual said, well, you know, it has to do with with working out. And I said, well, of course, that's, you know, probably the biggest one in people's lives. But I said, well, you know, what what is it with working out? Well, I travel a lot for work. I get on a really good streak. But then I travel. I'm taken out of my routine. And then because I'm traveling, I end up justifying and three, do three days go by while I'm there and I don't work out. So I said, OK, well, we have to shift the actual thinking of that because if you know ahead of time that you're already going to be traveling, why aren't you pre-preparing even a 20-minute hotel workout? Yeah, like a new right. routine. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, I could see that, though, because I don't know if this happens to you, but, well, I have a personal rule against this on vacation. So the first thing that I have to do in the morning is work out because I know right after my workout, I'm eating like crap and I am drinking all day long. Yeah. So if I don't do it first thing in the morning, I'm not doing it. But I have seen and even felt myself you justify. You're like, well, I'm on vacation. You worked so hard all year. Like, there's no need to work out, right? So I think it's important to identify what throws you off course, right? That's an example of, of somebody being thrown off course. Um, yeah. What has happened in the past that really stops you from, you know, achieving any goal? And I think we have to ask ourselves these questions to really find out what it is that's bottlenecking you, yeah. you know, in, in, in every uh, aspect. Um, there's a work hack 
that I have that um, comes to negotiation for sure. You have to practice ignoring external urgency. This one's tough because for me, external urgency means somebody comes to me, Dave, I need this done right now. Now, of course, if this is my boss that needs a deadline done, even as a favor or something like that, there's certain circumstances that you can't get away from, right? Mm -hmm. But what I've started to notice when I got into the role, everybody, rightfully so, they have their own urgencies. Yeah. But if I'm in the middle of a task that a task that I need to get done, that would be a huge cause for me to end up negotiating with myself and stop my task to assist you in your urgent urgent matter. Mm-hmm. Whereas now I've really practiced like, hey, listen, is this you know really that urgent? Can I finish this and then get back to you? Ninety nine percent of the time, it's like, oh yeah, no problem. Whereas before, I was trying to be the people pleaser, mm-hmm. you know, and just attack everybody else's problems before I finish my own tasks. I like that uh, terminology. So that's the biggest thing I struggle with. And the biggest thing I've struggled with since having the kids is not having the time prior uh, and having the time after exhausted when I get a lot done. So mm-hmm. nine to five is for external urgencies. And then anything. Your industry is crazy with that. Crazy. Because so, everybody's urgent. As like documents last week, need to be turned in. People need to sign stuff. Offers, yeah. highs and bests. Like right. there's. You're constantly shifting the schedule schedule around based on priority, mm-hmm. and a, your business is make or break if you waste time on yep. the wrong things. So the what I had going was before nine o'clock and after say eight o'clock at night was my time to work on the business things I needed to get done, catch mm-hmm. them on paperwork, yep, me stuff, and then nine to five was like previewing properties, showing properties, offers, negotiations, all that other stuff. Um, and it didn't work perfectly, but I definitely felt like if I was working out at 9 a.m. to 10 now, people call me, text me. Yes, there are things that I'm like, all right, I got to put everything down and go do this mm-hmm. because the time is of the essence, especially in a market like this. Yeah. So that's, I mean, a good way to put it. And I think 99% of my struggle is that. Yeah. And I think most words. real estate brokers, right. agents, whatever, that's all. Yeah, that's a tough industry for sure. Just even in sales in general, um, because you need to get the the job done as quick as possible and it's always based on somebody else's needs and if you think about it the chances of you getting a workout done after 9 a.m infinitely less than Mm -hmm. getting it knocked out at 4 a.m 5 a.m whatever it is i did have a couple clients who used to text me at 5 a.m because they were working out in the morning too yep and i would respond to them because it was just one person it was more of like Mm -hmm. hey i'll I'll talk to you later but yes we're in whatever it is so that's been frustrating because i know i know the equation I just can't do it now, but I know that, like, I've tried to wake up at 4 a.m. all week. I haven't woken up once in five days at 4 a.m., but I have my alarm set every day, mm. and I'm just so stubborn because I'm like, I'm not giving in to not being able to wake up. I, it's just an extreme circumstance yep. now. Right, and that's okay, though. That's, again, I think a but uh, it's so temporary frustrating. season. You yeah, say it's course. okay, but, like, it drives you mad. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Yeah, one day, I mean, you feel like your whole life is over. Um, so imagine st- stringing three and four bad ones together. It's horrible. And it's not a bad day. It's just I'm not doing what I want to do. Right. And I know it works, and I know it's productive, and I know when I get that pre-workout in my system early, mm-hmm. I'm very productive. Right. I got you. Um, there's a couple things that we've discussed on this podcast before, but I think if you struggle with negotiating with yourself, the calendar is an extremely helpful tool. Um, some personal rules that you can create within the calendar is if it's on the calendar, it's happening, right? So if you struggle with working out, put it on your actual calendar. 
every morning, a set time, you do it. Now make rules with yourself. There's no last minute changes, right? You can't just change something that's on your calendar. You wouldn't cancel a meeting on somebody unless it's an extreme circumstance, right? But for whatever reason, if it's on the calendar just for yourself, one, probably 99% of us don't do this. Um, but if it's on the calendar for ourselves, we should treat it the same way as if it was an external appointment with somebody else. I did it with the dentist. And then I had to go to the dentist yesterday and it was way worse. It was bad. It was bad. And then <laughs> I have to go back and I'm getting whacked for extra money oh, because they were like, yep. you're not in great shape. We got to get you a special mouthwash because mm -hmm. your, your gums are, it's hereditary. You definitely have issues with your gums, yep. but you're not helping it because yep. you got to floss more. And I was like, I know. <laughs> so, um, no, and even with the, uh, with the calendar too, like if your schedule is going to change the same way that you'd respect somebody and cancel on them, give yourself 24 hour notice. Yeah. Right. And then shift that appointment 24 hours later, but you have to, you have to do that. And it's, a, it's a tough skill. It's hard when you live that way. And mm -hmm. I'm not saying I'm perfect, but I've had a couple recent appointments where I've moved stuff around to make it happen. And then the people cancel while I get there and I'm like. I'm not asking, but just let me know ahead of time. And right. I felt myself getting pissed off. And yep. I was like, you know what? It is what it is. It's mm -hmm. hard to be lenient with everyone when you have to be strict with yourself. It's yes. really hard. Um, speaking on, on leniency, you know, for the most part, I have a very strict rule of preparing my meals and making sure that I eat them so I don't throw them out at the end of the week. Oh, yeah. Because that's frustrating, right? But within these strict discipline systems you do have to learn how to be a little lenient with yourself so one thing that i've come up with is like mike i like to i like to eat now if i go out to dinner to an actual restaurant black coffee <laughs> no that's what i won't do yeah, yeah. i make the exception within my system to say you know what you're at a restaurant enjoy it i don't worry about the diet regardless i'm i mean i'm not eating anything that's crazy anyway because if i go to a restaurant i might just get a steak anyway i was going to um, say i actually like I like steaks. Well, yep. I like fish. Mm -hmm. I like the good stuff. I'm yep. not a huge pasta guy. Yep. I guess pizza is maybe our Achilles heel together. Yep. Um, you know, another personal rule of mine that I've just kind of adopted is no matter what, I clean the house on Sundays. I do my laundry on Sundays. I meal prep on Sunday. doesn't matter if I'm in the casino until 2 in the morning. Right? And I say that because I was actually at Mohegan. Won some money, by the way. Thank you very much. So for us, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Yeah, whatever it is Dana's for you. Dana's home on Friday, so she always cleans. And then Wednesday, Thursday, the in-laws take the kids. That's awesome. So I know I got to get organized yep. and like do laundry and do all this stuff because no one's in the house. Mm -hmm. And if I have to stay up late because I know nothing's getting me up in the middle of the night, like that's the night where I can get. Right. So the hard thing is it's so uncommon. Yes. So it's like yep. my Wednesdays are like my Saturdays for people, mm -hmm. you know? Yep. Um, and then the, um, you know, financial one. So, you know, you guys have heard me negotiate my uh, my coffee deals into Lexus, right? Yeah. Which, you know, I still I still bang them over the head for that. But there's something to be said because I didn't want to spend all the money at Starbucks every day. But I look forward to actually buying my Starbucks the way that I want to buy it. It might be a $5 drink, a $6 drink on Wednesdays or uh -huh. whichever day we're recording a podcast. Right? Because I couple that and I say, well, you know what? The podcast is an enjoyment factor for me. So, you know what? I'm okay spending and splurging on coffee. You know what my trick would be? What? Which I've done. What? If I, I, there is an element to going out and getting a coffee somewhere yes. that just tastes better. Yes, it definitely does. Right? It tastes way better. 100%. But the Lexus coffee is really good. It's a Starbucks machine. That's real good. Oh, man. And they got a new one. What I would do is, like, if Dana went out and got coffee and I said, no, I'm good, and she has the cup, I'll fill it in with my Dunkin' from home. 
but at least you have the cup. Correct. I like that. And it makes me feel I like I'm big time. I do that in meetings. Do you do that? I am. So this will be empty. Well, I'm a Dunkin' guy, so. Yeah, no, that's terrible. Yeah. It's water. Dirty water. Um, Dunkin', if you're on a sponsorship, we don't want it. Thank you. We'll I, I would love a no, Dunkin' no, 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 sponsorship. No, no, no. Go sponsor Mike runs on Dunkin'. Real estate. Although I've been trying to put him out of business locally. <laughs> um, I do the same thing, though. In a meeting, it just makes, I don't know, it gives me a little bit more confidence. If I make a Keurig and it's in a Starbucks cup, I don't know why. Yeah. There's something to be said about yeah. that. You're absolutely right. And uh, Very odd. So, I believe, and I don't know if you agree with this, there's a reason, how do I put this? When you are watching your pennies and being very on budget and line, it, mm-hmm. if you can align everything else with that, it helps because you know what's really expensive? What? Junk at, at the grocery store. Junk is very expensive. What do you mean by junk? Chips, uh, pretzel, like cookie. Like, you ever look at those prices now? It's like eight dollars for a bag, a bag of like cookies or whatever. Oh wow! Like well, you know, yeah, Oreos you know, went up to six ninety nine, man. I got to get a, like mini muffins for Livy, and I I'm hesitant to get them because I'm like five dollars. Generic this? brand, bro. Well, I try, believe me, I try. She knows. <laughs> She's like, I don't want this. Uh, but point being, like ground beef, yep. it's not that expensive. Flank steak, like I'm not going T bone, but a flank is a high a lot of protein. So by having to get back into the roots of uh, watching the money and being really like efficient and low overhead. It's forced me to come back to the simplicity of the diet because mm. I'm not getting sauces are like eight bucks. Yes. So I know the couple sauces I need to get mm-hmm. and the restriction I actually like, you know, and not wasting food like you're saying. Yep. Sometimes from just not wanting to throw the food out because I know how much I paid for it makes me not cheat on the diet because I'm like, I don't want to eat that because I have this tea. I don't mm. want to waste it. And it's right. six bucks. You know, this is a six dollar meal, mm. you know? Yep. Um, I want to come full circle back to what Mike was talking about uh, earlier in the episode. And I think when you're trying to avoid the negotiation tactics in a negative way, you have to turn that positive and learn how to have conversations with yourself after the negative thought pops up. So I'll go back to the donut example where you're really trying to mess me up. Yeah. (laughs) But instead of giving into the thought of, you know, that donut looks really good. You could say, yeah, that donut looks great, but I already prepared my chicken salad. So I know that if I eat this healthy meal, that's automatically going to correlate to better energy, healthy food, healthy energy. I'm going to get this workout in. I'm going to finish my week strong. And then on Sunday morning, I'm going to enjoy that donut. But you have to learn how to talk yourself through Uh, the actual negative thought. You know what mine is? My negotiation is I think if you could be a diva with food. And really picky, it helps you. So rather than say, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna like grab a couple of cheese doodles," which I'm guilty of, because mm-hmm. have you had a cheese doodle lately? Cheese doodle, no, dude, they're not big. I'm not dude, big on those. You don't like like cheese its or anything? Cheese its are pretty good, dude. But I would never buy those. The, that's the problem with kids is like Dana gets the they're stuff snacks. for her, and then I'm like, cheese its are pretty good. Like, <laughs> I haven't had cheese it, and and then you have one, you're like, this is like crap. <laughs> so and Dana looks incredible, and she just snacks on this stuff, and I'm like, I, it gets me so mad because I'm like, I'm looking at the box, I'm getting bigger. Um, but being a diva about it and be like, I'm not wasting calories on a cheese. Oh, like, you know, like yeah. that donut from Dunkin' Donuts, like, it's probably terrible. Like, I'm going to go get a nice donut from like a craft shop. Yeah, it's going to be $12, but right, I'm going right, right. to, I'm not wasting calories on this shit. You <laughs> okay, know? All right. So, all right, that, right, so be a diva. The, right. I like that. Yep. Even like I drive by a McDonald's or whatever, like, this tastes like shit. Like, I'm going to get a nice burger. Like, nice and then it's harder to get that. Yep. So, it's likely you don't even get do, go and do mm-hmm. it, right? Yep. Um, I just had this conversation with myself. You know, instead of me saying, um, you know, I don't 
want to call mom because this was a, a real example because I, I had a you know I had a rough week shit was going on in my own life and I'm like oh, I don't want to be a drag um to somebody else when you know I'm trying to just better my relationships with with uh, certain people right so I really talked myself through it and I said well I made a commitment and it doesn't even matter if I jump on the call for just two minutes I can ask her two questions how was your week what are you doing on the weekend, right? And you kind of see what happens throughout the conversation. But the worst case scenario is, you know what? I still stuck to my commitment, called my mom, and yeah, we had a two to five minute conversation, yeah. right? But it's very easy to get caught in the negative thought and then not take that conversation further with yourself. And I think that's big, yeah. you know, having the ability to really do that and work yourself through that. I've been trying to focus more outward lately. We're less what about me. like when yep. I talk to people, mm -hmm. I, I'm trying to just ask more about them and honestly be like, what's going on with you? And less talk about me because I've found when I fester and stuff and I reiterate it, it gets worse versus just like it is what it is. It's whatever. It's over. Mm. Right. Yeah. For whatever reason, that thought just came back to money. I don't know why. What do you mean? Popped in my head. Like the concept of money, money buying happiness. Money absolutely buys happiness. A hundred percent externally right Depends how if you, use you it, if you have ever been in a place and listen to this if you've ever been in a place where you've given a hundred dollars so i actually won some money gave a hundred dollars to a homeless man <laughs> my man was ecstatic yeah because of that money yeah. my money bought his happiness right i donate to crohn's and colitis foundation yeah every single month and the written hand letters that I get from the individuals who receive a level of the donation is incredible for me, yeah. right? So yeah. the concept of money buying happiness is not personal happiness, yeah. it's externally. Yeah, and just right? like, and on a ba yes, that's a form of it, but like on a base level, just kind of seeing what's going on with people and like mm -hmm. listen to them. Yep. A, you hear that they have a lot of shit going on, so you don't feel as um, like alone, yep. right? You know, whether that's a partner or a good friend, like just catching up with them and hearing what they got going on kind of snaps you out of like it's all about me type thing, right you know because right, right. yeah. i think a lot of time when you get down on yourself you just think about yourself like oh, i'm fuck like i had a rough day or the kids are sick yes. and it's just me 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 versus like what you got going on and then oh that's pretty cool like and then you get a little inspired like people inspire me when i talk to them mm -hmm. and they're doing cool stuff yep you know yeah um, especially if they have things that they're working through also and they voice that right. you know like when now the simple thing of someone like uh, Nick Barr is a guy that I follow. He mm -hmm. just had a daughter. He came out and basically explained how he completely had to change his whole lifestyle and basically hired a CEO for his company because he could no longer neglect his kid and wife. Mm. And the things that worked before didn't work now. And it was hard for him to make that adjustment because he was go, go, go. And I found myself listening to him be like, he's really explaining kind of my guilt that I felt in the beginning of Livy, where I just tried to keep doing the same stuff when it didn't fit into the new lifestyle. Mm. And then when you make that adjustment, you think, oh, I gave up. But in reality, you're just kind of like changing and right. reworking it. So it was helpful for me to listen to someone else who's done it and feel like, oh, maybe I'm not on the wrong track because I'm just, I'm getting another perspective of someone that might not voice it. You see them crushing it. But then when they voice like their adjustment they had to make, you're like, oh, this guy went through the same thing, and he looks mm -hmm. like a machine. He's like the Terminator, and obviously he he kept the nine percent. <laughs> but it's it's I I like hearing what other people are going through because it yes. makes you feel less alone as far as your problems. Right. Um, 
I guess going even this will really be full circle back to that podcast that I recommend with we're doing Ed, like six eighties because I know full we're just full circle, circle sixty nine full circle. Full circle. Um, do you guys know what would be your guess? Right on this study that was done of over eight hundred people in terms of happiness, they were all over eighty years old when they finished this study. Right, <sighs> they asked them all, "What is the number one regret of your entire life?" What would your guess be? Working too hard. Working too hard. That's a very good one and very close. CV, what would you say? Working too much. Hey, dude. But you literally, can't copy my answer. Well, that, literally copied it. That's the answer, though. What? You that's said, the same thing. You said working too hard. That's the same thing. He said working too much. So the number one regret of that, every single one of these individuals that's in review. was spending too much time. You're both right. Spending too much time at work and not enough time with their families. And a lot of them had you know serious illnesses at this time. Um, and this is a commitment that I actually made to myself years ago. Um, you know, all through my 20s, uh, I worked six, seven days a week. Um, even recently, just had a really, really good opportunity that was hard for me to pass up, right? There's uh, an opportunity for me to instruct some some boot camps with some nice money, cash, couple hundred dollars for just two boot camps. Weird, I never got the request. <laughs> um, which is really nice, you know, and at some point I might still do it because I do enjoy that. But I made a commitment to stop working weekends so I can invest time into my family, my needs. Now, of course, my job is a little public. So, you know, I'd say three out of the four weekends at some level, I'm at an event. Yeah, I give yeah. a, I, you know, I give a little hello. I go shake hands and mingle and then I'm out of there. Yeah. But that comes with the job. But um, that was very interesting to hear. And it's funny that we all know that. And then we will still go grind for, you know, 17 hours in a day. <laughs> And it's fine if you're doing it temporarily, right? But it becomes a problem when you're doing it decade after decade after decade. Then before we know it, we're 50, we're 60, we're 70, we're 80. It's a good thing that we're going to start living until we're 120. I you hope heard so. it here first Centurions. on this podcast. Uh, you just got to, if you are working hard, you just have to make it worth it. Yeah. And you got to apply to things that actually matter. Mm -hmm. So relationships, you know, even that. For me, it's going to be hosting like events for family and friends, you know, using that money to like not to go crazy but like yeah you get a bunch of steaks people don't care they show up everything's taken care of you got to dinner everything's taken care of like that stuff for me is what i would work hard for like when the kids want to do something you're able to give them the full experience not to say that it doesn't come down to just who you're with and you can figure it out like you don't need to go crazy but there's a, we have one time through so why not experience some cool stuff mm. that's my thought wow and then this also brought me that that just brought me to another very important thing. You guys don't have to listen to this other podcast because I'm giving you all the gold in it, right? But here's another interesting thing when it comes to money. We should just summarize so, other people's podcasts. Oh wait, <laughs> but it it, it just hit, it really hit for me because I, I've been through this exact scenario. So they measured a level of fulfillment, and again, the guy that Waldinger, he's the head of adult development at Harvard, right? So he this is what he does on a, on a full time level over decades now. They measured the happiness of finances, right? And there oh, was I know this. there was a minuscule minuscule difference between somebody who made 75 million and basic needs being met. So the individuals that they identified below $75,000 a year, as soon as they got to the 75,000, they pretty much reached the same level of happiness because their basic needs were met. Versus the person who was making 75 million. Yeah. And it was a little bit of an increase, 
but on a scale, it was very minuscule. But that person who made 40,000 that then finally jumped to 75,000 to have their basic needs met, yep. that number was significant. Yep. And I've been in that exact scenario. And I see the more money that I make personally, I enjoy giving more, right? I enjoy watching other people do nice things. The watch, the cars, the houses are great. It gives you a level of fulfillment, but it's really to benefit other people. You know, like on a personal level, it really doesn't make me that happy to put a watch on, right? It gives me fulfillment. It gives me fulfillment to a level, but me having one watch, here's the point, me having one really nice watch and me having three really nice watches, to get the one was really significant. Yeah, yeah. But two and three is not. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's definitely shifted for me at least for just security purposes for the kids. Right, 100%. And obviously Dana, but like the... It used to be for myself and this and that, and now it's shifting to, like, I just want them to be comfortable, and then I enjoy what I do, so I'll keep doing it. Mm -hmm. But to have that lack of stress of, like, can we get by? Right. So keeping that overhead low, getting the monthly nut low as possible so that you can really enjoy a little more of, like, the what life's all about, not yep. just chasing the next dollar. Oh, it's, so, it's so true. And being more selective, which then attracts more money, which attracts more growth and more happiness. So I, you know, I, I think you're 100% right. You, it's hard for people who are in the position, which I'm now the grind of getting to a point of comfort and uh, you know, what you just said for people to understand it. But then once you get above it, not that I've ever been above it, but there's months where you're very comfortable mm -hmm. and you get positions in your life where you get comfortable and that level of uh, less weight on your shoulders must add years to your life, right? Yeah, 100%. Problem is, sometimes when we're in it, we just keep adding to the yes, overhead. Yes. And that that level gets raised to never catch it, right? Mm -hmm. Simple. Yeah, it is. It's so simple. But um, so hard. It, it's so hard. But even thinking about, like, on a party level, right? I know so many people, all three of us here in this room, right? We love family we love friends but now if we were to throw a party with our closest individuals look at latin families i know a lot of hispanic americans um who can literally have a ball in a small space you got some music going you got some coronas flowing and you're around great people now take those same people and put them in a ballroom and they're wearing suits and yeah they're maybe drinking a little finer tequila there's no difference. The basic needs of being with your friends and family is already met. That's what right? we take, we about. take that we take that for granted. Some of the best parties we've ever had were at the little rental that I used to have yeah. with a one speaker and a lot of Coronas, right? Yeah, <laughs> I, I 100% agree it's with true. that. It's true. It's very true. But it, we forget that. It's the art of hosting mm -hmm. and the art of if you can cook, this is why I'm starting to cook more. If you can cook a nice meal, you don't need the, the best ingredients. Steak and salad, baby. Not even. Just like you get whatever and you marinate that baby long enough and you plan well, like you could have some meals. <laughs> That's true. Right? Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, maybe you get a little cheaper beer, but you know how to dice it up a little bit. You throw a little food color in there. You make mm -hmm. this certain drink. <laughs> buy the Miller Light and throw it. Oh, no. Buy the Natty Light keg no. and throw a Bud Light thing on it. Sunny Nobody Diesel's, <laughs> the way you present it. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's in the can, but you throw a little lime in there, you know? Like, <laughs> okay, all right. It's all, right. all about the experience and just kind of like, I agree with you. Yeah, 100%. Yes, I like the high-end stuff. It's great, but some of my best memories are just being with people, casual, no one's worried about finances, the bill coming out. that The stress of a bill coming out, especially with you're at crazy ass. <laughs> 
is like nothing I've ever felt. Yeah, I guess. I the only know. time that I almost felt it worse was when we were all together and I had both of you going <laughs> on tacos. And I'm like, we're in trouble. We're in trouble. We're in big trouble. Um, no, so to, to wrap this up, though. Put um, a bow on it, David. You have to, and you don't hear me say this all the time, but you got to learn how to be a little bit gentle and lenient with yourself, right? Because the goal is not to be judgmental of yourself and where you've come up short and your failures, but to really learn from the experience and how to overcome the hurdles that keep you from reaching your ultimate goals. Well said. Right? Um, wow, that was a fucking dime right there. But uh, <laughs> you have anything to uh, to close out on before we go to my favorite section, Dave's Dime of the Week? The, the only thing I will say is that I've learned through this whole process of no snooze, starting a company, becoming a father, all these life-changing events, that it's never perfect, and you just got to keep swinging. You got to just keep trying. Just keep changing. Keep adjusting. And then some days, some months, it clicks, and you're in a flow. And then you fall out of the flow. It's mm. like anything. You know, life happens. You got to restructure. Something stays, you know, and then you keep rebuilding. But it's all, you just got to keep building. You just got to keep going. That's what I think about day-to-day -day now. It's very good. And it actually aligns Philosophy. with uh, kind of what I'm I'm going to say. Of course it does. Um, so this will bring us to my favorite section, officially, Dave's Dime of the Week. Dimes, dimes, dimes. dimes. Maybe some popcorn. <laughs> So for those of you who don't know, I have a couple of, uh, you know, my close friends in a uh, group chat that we speak every day. And it's just, you know, uh, via text. How but, many um, times is the word king thrown around in that group chat? <laughs> no, today was today was my brothers. My today brothers. My brothers. My brothers. No kings today. Um, but this is something I've been thinking about a lot lately. And yes, this is uh, from the one and only Dave Regina. Oh, boy. Hold on to your hat. <laughs> Life is full of peace stealers. There will always be people and circumstances trying to pull you down. If you're going to live in peace, we have to put up boundaries and not allow everything in. We can't feed on negativity and discouragement and expect to stay positive. Now, I wrote that because I've been struggling with that lately. I have been going through some things on a personal level over the course of, you know, some months now. And I constantly have these these negative thoughts that are attempting to steal peace from me. And if you're on YouTube, I'm playing tug of war with myself. So that doesn't might look, sound I know I might look a little weird. Right. Um, if you're listening, that does not sound right. <laughs> Just got that. You're horrible. Um, but the truth is, you know, these circumstances should not take away from my peace. So I need to do better and continue to do a great job at separating and creating the boundaries of that negativity and continue to do what I am here to do in a positive way. So that was a very personal thing to me that I wrote to the Kings. What were the responses? <laughs> you got it, King. What do they, what are, what are they say back? Um, I could read them. I could read the responses. Yeah, don't you don't have to give names. I'm no. just curious. So one said, Aren't you curious uh, if you like this diamond? <laughs> Here you go. You couldn't have said that any better. Thank you, King. Peace is peaceful. I love you. And then one said, Amen. This is a fact. I need to find more peace. Love you, men. Thank you, my brother. 
My brother and Kings, baby. Is that the name of the group? The Kings? <laughs> I hate you. I can't stand you. No. Uh, I mean, Michael, let them know where to shop, please. Nosenewshop.com. <laughs> this is an old one, but still a goodie. Yes, it is an oldie, but a goodie. Um, I have to say, I think Uncle Jesse's a big fan on the uh, the yep. uh, Dana side of the family. I always think My of marinara well. sauce when I think of Uncle Jesse. Uncle Jesse. Jesse Seminara, right, is his last name? I, but I have to give a shout-out to Papa Joe. Okay. He showed up today, picks up the kids on Wednesday. Okay. He had a no-snooze hoodie, Ooh. a Mike Pirelli Grand Real Estate hat, oh. and then he was picking up another no-snooze hoodie from my house that he left. I don't have a uh, MPGRE hat. Can times I have are, one? Times are tight right here. Can I, can I have one? <laughs> I'm gonna. Ch- I'll send you the bill. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pay. I'll pay for it. I'll pay no, for no, it. No, no, I got you. I got. Yeah. A, I got a couple if you want. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you can fit that head. <laughs> oh man! But no snoozeshop.com. Like subscribe. Um, get your shit together, right? Because right. we definitely don't have it. That's right. Yeah. We're talking on microphones. So hopefully, hopefully you can uh, stop negotiating with yourself in a negative way and learn to have the conversation with yourself. Hopefully, you found today valuable. Whether you listen to one. Or 142 episodes. It's a lot of episodes. We think you're crazy, but thank you. Thank you very much. Um, and until next time, stop snoozing. Get up and get after it. Stop negotiating with your pants on, Mike. That's another Effie in the Books. Go follow us on Instagram and Facebook at No Snooze Podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, No Snooze.